Matt Will. No L's, just sevens. This is the bliss, licking they lips, Twitter with this, minimal risk, finity shifts, ripping off rip, quick in the hits, first on the list, this, mad will, going crazy on the daily, dropping facts like a shower in the world of rain and entertainment, yeah, another day, another pod, all these thoughts are up for size, so I had to ask him what he got, said he got a lot, said he got a lot of what, got a lot of shifts, and it's time for the daily blitz. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Daily Blitz Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Williams. You can find me on Twitter at M-A-T-T-W-I-7-7-I-A-M-S. We are going to talk about the DFS and betting for week seven of the NFL season. Joining me as always, Mr. John Legeza. What is up, buddy? Matt, awesome. I am feeling really well. We're bouncing back from the Rona. Like I told you, wild horses could not keep me away. And everybody, if you've been digging the football work, which I've really been kind of immersed in now, check out the Twitter handle at MLB Moving Averages, or you could type in NFL Moving Averages. My stuff will come up. I did a lineup, uh, an early look show on Wednesday. I have a live lineup lock show on Sunday because, you know, as much as I love the show, Matt, and it probably is my favorite hour and a half of the entire week, it's so much information. It's really hard to do it all. And, you know, prices are moving, injury reports are happening. So, it, I, I was glad to kind of drop a little knowledge on Wednesday. Now you and I really sink our teeth into the main slate. And then Sunday afternoon, I just kind of kind of come with the duster, you know, and clean up the best. So I am really psyched to get into it, man. We've been doing really well. I'm making a lot of money this season. I don't want to jinx it, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It's funny. I want to talk about this briefly before we get started. For anyone listening to this this year, if you have been listening and you've been paying attention to the the uh, the plays that, um, that we're the most passionate about, you are making money. Yeah. Um, uh, again, we were talking about this is uh, some people in the industry that are very, very well known, uh, some lesser well known. There's lots of people who puts out those screenshots of, you know, winning, winning five grand, winning 50 grand, you know, winning also so much. And, you know, we were kind of discussing that, you know, that's great to see. But the best DFS players, for example, are the best because they have a system, a projection, yeah. something that they use. And by and large, they're putting out so many lineups. I mean, they're like they're they're going yeah. into the million. They're putting in there. They're putting in like two hundred plus lineups. I mean, so many. And yeah. we kind of uh, have talked about like my favorite thing to do is I love to go to single entry. Uh, yeah. You know, low ownership. You know, uh, low low amount of competitors. Um, and I'll I'll still throw. I always said I like to throw some money away sometimes on the big contest because it's fun. But that's more of an entertainment thing for me. But I'm up two hundred and seventy five percent on the season, which to the casual person may actually sound amazing. It's not. Not really, um, too great, but still two seventy five. <laughs> You're you you put in a certain amount of money. I'm up two hundred seventy five percent. That's fantastic. Yeah. But you know, there's certain um, there's you know, there's that's certainly not enough. Where if you're gonna go like professional gambling or anything, but again, I like to play conservative, and I don't put um, you know, a ton of th- this is not something I do where I put in like a million lineups. I kind of zero in for the casual player, which is why I kind of give my lineup that I'm thinking about. And I give you something that'll be, in my opinion, uh, cash and GPP, a couple of different options, profitable week to week. If you're putting in money, you're not going to lose money over the full season. Uh, again, listening to us, you'll know if you've been putting in uh, our plays, you've been doing well. Um, so again, the uh, there's there's multiple ways to do this. If you're doing this for fun, you can go to the large entry contest. You're probably going to lose. One week, you'll do good. It's like golf. 
Um, you do yeah. poorly usually. You do that, hit that one good shot, you come back. But overall, you're going to lose in the long run unless you make incremental moves in your process to become better. And uh, as any casual DFS player, which is 99% of DFS players, no matter how good you think you are, your process should be of going into single entry, lower entrance uh, contests to try to just win money uh, because your chances of uh, outsmarting the, the a smaller group uh, of people rather than going against uh, the sharks who are literally going in there with a supercomputer to beat you. D don't think that some of these like, uh, you know, super minds, uh, you know, they, 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 I, I don't know what they'll tell you if you ask them, but they're not filling out these freaking lineups manually. You know, no. they're not going in there with a, a a tiny pencil and filling out 275 lineups. Um, so yeah, it, just remember to keep it keep it within your means and uh, you know have a smart way of going about it. John, you are uh, by far you've been doing betting a long time, very very successful. So I mean, what can you add yeah. to that? What what did I get completely wrong? No, I don't. I don't really don't think you missed much. I think it's not so much that there's a right or a wrong there are just different ways but and then it's like well but there are the wrong there is the wrong way to do it and what you were saying is completely right man you just have to tailor your game to the contest and this is dfs i'm speaking about and it wasn't until i did that that i found success i'm really not going to brag on my roi because i had a pretty decent takedown again i realized that I was getting mopped up with backdoor plays, trying to play in cheaper tournaments. You know me, I'm a kind of a cheapskate. So I was trying to do it in $5 tournaments or $10 tournaments. That's really not the way to do it. I found my success, like you said, understanding that people use optimizers to do, you know, to, to run out 150 lineups. You're going to be up against algos. You're up against computers and against, then again, you're up against the odds, right? They have 150 bullets and you have one. So I totally mimicked what you were saying. I go into single entry contests with no more than, let's say, 400 players. And I'd rather just risk more money. And I found myself now playing in $75 or $100 tournaments. You know, with, you can only play what you're comfortable with, people, right? Only play what you can lose. But I'd rather play one $75 single entry mat than three $25. I think that's what I'm getting at. And, man, I had a decent takedown. It came in third in a pretty big field, and I took down almost two Gs. So I've been kind of riding high and cashing almost every week. It's been really awesome. And I mean, listen, putting in the work has been at the base of it because football, is, it's all about nuance. And I think you and I will be getting into some of that. Let's get into these games. I think we got 10 games on the main slate for Sunday, man. I could not be more excited. You ready to rip, Maddie? I am. I want to add one more thing just so I don't um, insult anybody. When you said you made the point of there's no wrong way to do it, which maybe there is, but uh, more I want to say is uh, – uh, for, for the high volume players, there's a specific way to do that. Like I said, they, sometimes they have algorithms, they have projections, whatever. But for them to play, it requires a lot of, of a, a lot of lineups, which is yeah. why they do so well. If you can't play that way, if you're not putting in a ton of volume, there's two, that's why I said there's two different ways to play. If you're going to play low volume, you got to play differently, which means being very disciplined with what you do. I say 250%. Just to give everyone an idea, I mean, you know, it's, it's a pretty round number. Like, if you bet 100 for the season, you're up to 250. If you bet 1,000, pretty good. <laughs> you're up to 2,500. Uh, you know, if you're not in this for a job and you're just in this casually, uh, you know that you're doing really well. And the the point uh, of this also is I like to play in those safe contests. My point being that um, 
it's it's safe like anything like you know they have stocks that are going to pay off big but they have risk or they have some that don't pay off much and they have uh you know they're low risk low yield but again uh you know all of a sudden like you bet ten thousand dollars you know you're you're up to twenty five thousand dollars the more you bet the more you win but it is a safer way to go so for casual players you know it's it's just something to think about there's you know more than one way to skin a cat uh just don't go into these monster contests you're never going to win uh well shouldn't say never the odds are extremely against you going into these mega contests with like one or two lineups and trying to pull anything down week to week so yeah just remember what you're doing um you know you gotta you gotta go into certain contests knowing what your strategy is and how the you know how to make money all right carolina new york giants let's go all right let's do it that is the first one on the board people going left to right on that DraftKings lobby board which i found is the easiest way and then you know using that you could fast forward to stuff throughout the week. All right, Matt, let's get into it. Panthers are on the road, three-point favorites against the Giants. The total's at 43, so that tells us probably a lot about the scoring expectations. That's extremely low. I am focused here on that minus three. I'm not really feeling it. I think there's a, I don't want to call it a narrative, but the thinking here from consuming tons of content here has been it's competition-based for the Panthers, and people are not necessarily buying it. They played the Jets, the Saints, and the Houston out of the box. They won three and then lost the last three, Dallas, Philly, and Minnesota. But I was watching a game at Minnesota. Donald had a really tough game because they were a million drops in that game. Okay, so I think I saw the Panthers, man, starting to turn a corner a little bit in that second half. They almost won that game at the end against Minnesota. I think I like the Panthers to kind of mop up the Giants. The Giants have been really poor on offense. One of the worst yards per drive in the league at only 39. Just atrocious. The Giants are are bad. They're, they do hustle. They do hustle. The Giants had 26 seconds per play. One of the fastest to operate on offense. But, man, around three and a quarter adjusted line yards on offense. That's bottom three. Less than 90 rushing yards per game. And we know the passing game is just mad with Daniel Jones. They've lost every single receiver you can think of. Tony out, Galladay out. Now Shepard is back, and he's viable. And since we're talking DFS, I think that's where it's got to be. So for the Panthers, man, you got to give me more again. So I think if I'm looking for lots of points over the market expectations, for me, it's pairing the QB with more. If not, I think Hubbard is my favorite play. We've seen tons of looks. I think the stealing game is on deck. Giants rush D has been atrocious, allowing over five adjusted line yards. That's bottom three in the league. 30 attempts for 137 yards. And we know Hubbard can catch a few balls. So I think no matter what, right, Matt, we were talking about tailoring our game to the contest. As a single entry player, Hubbard, I think, is like the nut hand right here. I think he's going to be in one of those winning lineups. Giant side of the ball. I don't think I could get with anybody, maybe outside of Shepard, because of the volume. I mean, he stepped right back in, and he's like a 10 reception guy. It's hard to really ignore that when you're doing that. You know, he's had nine and 10 receptions in two of the last three games he played, and one of them he left with injury. So, for me, this one's pretty simple. Give me Carolina to cover up those three points. If you are expecting the Giants pasty to kind of get eviscerated they've been middle of the pack man not good not great like i said and it's more what do you think about this one is it as simple as i made it sound uh more or less actually uh the oh more or less I see what you did there <laughs> the um <laughs> the giants you can't really do much with i mean 
Uh, Kadarius Tony's out. Uh, Saquon Barkley's out. Darius Slayton limited with a hamstring. Sterling Shepard limited with a hamstring. Kenny Galladay flat out didn't practice with a knee injury. Um, so you got to pay attention to where the injuries are looking. That being said, I like the Colin Shepard. He's 5,600 on uh, D- on a DraftKings and with 10 catches and then um, uh, two games before that, nine catches. I mean, he could practically get to double you know uh his salary kind of just in ppr scoring alone like 10 catches for 10 yards yeah Uh, so you know if he does any better than that he's a safe play so yeah just keep an eye on that hamstring if he is ready to roll i I like him at 5600 other than that you can't even do anything i mean with all those players out um kenny galladay out last week Kadarius tony completely out early man he was on his way to a monster game too um early on he had to leave uh, Mark, Evan Ingram still only three catches for 24 yards. So leave him out. I mean, he's yeah. just not, he's not going to be a thing. And if he is, it'll be a, a completely standalone situation on the yeah. Panthers side. Sam Darnold has looked like he's been turning back into Sam Darnold. But like you said, yeah. uh, that was more of a, you know, that could have been more of a, uh, just a, Matt, I think there were eight drops in that game. That's the number yeah, I, think yeah. I was watching. Yeah, it was, it was a tough game to watch, but yeah, o- over the that, I think that that's a reason to um, maybe play him this week. The ownership will be a little lower. He's only 5,900 uh, through the first four weeks of the season. He was around 300 passing yards a game. Uh, he was like, you know, scoring touchdowns at will with his feet. Uh, but yeah, I think he bounces back against the giants who are just, uh, who is just terrible. Six highest, um, point total against quarterbacks in the league in a bad way, not a yeah. good way. So, uh, yeah, I think you can fire up Darnold. You can pair him with DJ Moore, who yeah. is getting like an unbelievable amount of work. He is, uh, you know, I mean, you are paying for him at 7,100, but, um, like you, you were talking about Shepard getting 10 catches a game. Um, he's getting, he's, he's only failed to reach 10 tar or at least 11 targets once. And that was in the game in Philly where he still ended up with five, five catches for 42 yards, um, which, you know, was only 8.8. But other than that, I mean, 34.9 points, 23.5, 21.9. Yeah. He's uh, and then last week, he only had 11.9, but again, 13 targets, a season high. So yeah, yeah DJ Moore, fire him up. Uh, Hubbard, I'm maybe not as excited as you are. Um, the work has been there. And, and last week, he obviously did very well um, finding the uh, finding the end zone, 61 yards. Or was it no? He found, yeah, sixty-one yards. Found the end zone finally, and the week before that versus Philly, twenty-four rushes, one hundred and one yards. But he is not going to quite. He has not getting gotten to the point where I want to see the return of what I'm paying for him. He's only found the end zone the one time. Um, but that being said, he's he's a fine option. Not maybe I should say not one of my favorite of the weekend, but totally a guy that if you want to do multiple lineups, uh, someone that you definitely I think move in and out of the running back spot. Not a guy that I'm looking to add into multiple lineups, but definitely a guy I'm looking to sprinkle. In. Yeah, well, you mentioned the DJ Moore usage. Let's lay some of that out for people because it's been it's been really elite. Twenty nine point three percent target share on the season. Thirty nine percent of all air yards. With the double-digit A dot, you know, that average depth of target, you want over 10. His is at 11 and a half, and he's leading the team air yards, like 200 yards. You know, he's he's really good. He has a very high floor, like you mentioned. It, it I was digging into some of the specifics with the Giant D. They've been very good against number one wideouts. you got to be careful with these quarterback matchup things. But only seven targets for 61 yards. So I think where I'm going with that is maybe, again, right, Matt, we talk about strategy, and we were talking about mass players. And those kind of players are always focused heavily on ownership percentage and trying to pivot against the field. 
And I think a lot of people are going to be on more. So considering the price, maybe Darnold and Hubbard makes for a cheap stack here, right? You get them both cheap. You're going to get a lot of use. And I think they're on deck for some points. The reason I don't like the over, even though I've been talking about a lot of offense, is really because of the Giants and that Panthers D match. Just really briefly before we go on, are you buying the Panthers D at all? If you look at the season stats, you know, they're all really good. It's it's competition, but you can only, you know, you can only beat who you've played. And, you know, done really well against some decent quarterbacks, too. You know, they squashed Dak, uh, squashed Hurts, although a lot of people have done that. And then Cousins kind of went off. But before Cousins, no one had thrown for more than 258 yards against his team. So just real quick, Carolina Panthers, D legit or no? Uh, legit enough. Uh, the yeah, only okay. thing is in fantasy, you kind of want big plays. Um, I mean, this well, is why uh, sometimes bad defenses are the ones that score the most because of defensive touchdowns. It's kind of why I continue to like Dallas, even though everyone's like, yeah. oh, they're not as good as we thought they were. I don't care how good they are. I care yeah. how athletic they are, how they can yeah. swarm to the ball, how they can ball hawk and maybe, you know, return one, pick six. Um, so Carolina, I think they can definitely hold. I mean, you definitely don't want to be scored upon like on, <laughs> on like relentlessly. But uh, Daniel Jones has been better. Um, he's definitely improved as far as turnovers go. So even though I don't expect much out of the Giants, I don't expect Carolina to dominate them um, as far as uh, fantasy goes. So yeah, I think they're safe enough. But when you're talking about like paying, um, when you're talking about like paying up for uh, a defense, I don't necessarily think that the, there's there's someone that I uh, want to go all the way up there with. I mean, thirty five hundred isn't too bad, but that is still the the third highest. But again. 5,000 you have to pay for the Rams. That's another yes. thing where I, there's no way that's worth it because uh, yeah, they could, they dominate um, the Detroit. Sure. But it, all it takes is one big play from Deandre Swift um, to kind of wreck your day when they're not getting turnovers. So that's why um, we always, if you always listen to the show, we like to pay down for defense yeah. because all in all it's a crap shoot. Um, so um, yeah, go for the defenses that cost less and have the ability to maybe pull a few turnovers because that is basically where you get your return on investment on defense. A uh, very long answer to a very short question is: <laughs> I think I think Carolina's fine. Um, if you want to play them and you know you have a lineup you're fine with and you can afford them, throw them in. But they're, I, I wouldn't pay up to put them in your lineup. Yeah, okay, I hear that. I, I like the Panthers' line play, uh, particularly against this Giants team. So I think the Panthers dominate in the trenches. I think they cover up that three easily. The Giants' offense is, is not very good. Well, for here's an example, like 3,500, 3,400 is in the next game we're about to talk about, Patriots-Jets, who Zach Wilson leads the NFL in interception. Uh, there's an there's a defense that if you're going to pay 3,500 for the Panthers, pay 3,400 for the Patriots. There's a much yeah. easier narrative uh for them to make it you know make it rain on uh on zach wilson and maybe return a couple so uh you know yeah i just i gotta i gotta see the turnovers as a possibility uh in order for me to uh to go but you know in general i i won't be paying much um i won't be paying all right well you started on this one but you lead us off jets are seven point dogs in foxborough another low scoring you know expected affair 42 and a half points we're going to get into the big scoring totals they're coming up so there you go jets a dog seven in foxborough what do you think i i want no one in this game right i want okay. no one in this game i uh, hunter henry is someone who kind of stuck up but i mean him and jonu smith are still splitting uh work i mean even though hunter henry had his uh had a nice game i mean jonu smith actually had more snaps last week yeah so i mean you don't know where it's going to come from zach wilson i think we'll get better 
Uh, this isn't the week I expect it to happen. Mac Jones has been fine, but he, he, I, he, you know, I haven't really seen um, him kind of go over the top the way I thought that he would improve. I thought they'd maybe yeah. let, let him loose a little bit, which in this one, which I consider, I would expect to be a little low scoring. Um, I'm not going to be going with Myers or Aguilar. Aguilar has been so inconsistent. Myers is fine, but until, you know, for some reason he can't find the end zone. I, I can see going with him. He a, got in and they took it back. <laughs> yeah, they took it back. So for 5,300, it's a little too expensive uh, for All me right. again this week. And uh, Corey Davis, you know, is probably going to get erased by Bill Belichick. Everyone thinks that's a fake narrative. It's not. He really does take away your best weapon. And he's kind of the Jets only weapon. Uh, I yeah. love Michael Carter. I think that he's a sneaky little bastard that is going to be someone that you're going to want to keep your eye on going forward. In this game, though, I expect it to be so low scoring and the Jets to not be scoring many points that, uh, you know, I if I think the end zone is is maybe out of the realm of possibility for him, um, which, you know, has kept him afloat the last couple of weeks. Uh, I, I think that it's too hard to take him again, only 10 and 13 carries, but I think he'll start to increase that as the as the weeks go on, I think he'll end up being the main guy. They'll give him more and more and more work. So um, I definitely like Michael Carter, but I'm not going to be paying up even though he, I mean, paying up, he's only 4,800. I won't go there. And Damian Harris, we don't even know if he's going to play. Um, so that makes starting him right now impossible. And it makes starting Stevenson impossible. So I, I think I recapped everything by saying, I don't want anybody. No, 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 yeah. no one. I mean, uh, other it, than the New England defense, that seems okay. Hard to blame you there. I'm checking. I got this really cool practice report up. Damien Williams is not on. He's not an injury report, so he could be good Harris. to go. Damien we sort of get a ton. Of, he got what's that? You said Damien Williams. I was just saying Damien Harris. Oh, Damien Harris, correct. Um, so he should be good to go. He got a ton of looks. He was pretty good against the uh, the Jets the first time around. Ah, man, this one's kind of a mess. Jets offense got to be bottom three in the league. 13 points, only 267 yards per game, only four and a half yards per play. Those are all bottom three. 25 yards per drive is worst in the league. 62% drive success rate is worst in the league. 74 rush yards a game, a minus 39% pass DVOA, only 5.6 yards per attempt, less than 10 yards per completion, two picks per game. Jets offense, that's just across the board, Matt. That is like, you know, the smorgasbord of stats across all your statistical baskets there. Jets offense, the only hope is, you know, that they're coming off the bye and maybe they've got something up their sleeve. I think the other thing going on here is the Patriots D is probably not what we think of when we think of Belichick defense. They're allowing um, teams to stay on the field with sustained drives, more than three minutes per drive. That's bottom three. They've allowed 112 yards on the ground, 250 yards for the air. Those are really just kind of average, but teams have got it done against the Pats. Ah, man, it just still feels like a stretch. The one person I had my eye on was Corey Davis. If I was going to get with the Jets and you think they're going to be behind, we've seen glimpses of the connection. And I think with a rookie quarterback, it's, it's feasible, right, to expect a little bit of growth, right? Not a breakout Zach Wilson season right now, but we have seen them with a connection at times in the year. So I think that is the low ownership play in this one. And just again, all the, you know, all the kind of target stats, Davis checks all the boxes, 20% of the team target share. His a dot is at 14 and he is the air yard leader by leaps and bounds. I don't even know if anyone is halfway to where Davis is. So I think the jets are going to be trying to get him to rock. That's the only one I got, but I can't really get there. I've been trying and failing with the Jacoby Myers thing as well. 
I don't know, man. I think you're right on this one. It's just easiest to leave this one alone. But I am going to keep my eye on Corey Davis. Sometimes you end up around 5,000 left looking for the flex play. And I think the targets and the opportunities could be there. Other than that, this one's pretty boring. I think the Patriots cover them up. Seven points really shouldn't be too difficult. This just feels like 24-10 to me, Matt, right? We stay in the under. We stay very boring. But 24-10 can be a dominating win in a way, right? Maybe that touchdown comes in the second half. So I think we're in lockstep on this one. Give me the Pats, and I'm probably just leaving this one alone. They just operate way too slow. All right, next up, this one has the eye of everyone on it. This is the darling. I, I think it's the highest total of the entire season. Matt, lead us off again, man. The total I was talking about belongs to the Chiefs going to Tennessee. The Chiefs were three-point favorites to begin the week. They're now up to 4.5. The public is buying the Chiefs. The total is at 57 and a half. I don't know if you've been paying attention to the Titans, Matt. Every game goes over 50. I think we saw a Chiefs team start to come alive, but it was against the Redskins. What do you think? Um, unlike last game where I didn't want anyone, in this one I do. I want everybody. Like <laughs> I could I could fill out an entire lineup with just this game. Uh, I usually don't like to pay up extremely at quarterback. This week is definitely not that case. 8,400 for Pat Mahomes. Absolutely. I think that you have to have a Mahomes lineup in there. Um, he, he it's, it's some of that shock. I think that is so assured, um, you know, there'll be plenty of people that want to get cute and avoid it, but uh, not me. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to lean in hard. <laughs> uh, to so you this think one. the ceiling so, game is coming? Yeah. I Could think uh, maybe game of the year for Mahomes here. Uh, the, the only issue is pairing him with his own players. I don't want to pay 8,400 for Mahomes and then come back with 8,600 for Hill. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to do it. Um, and then, you know, you got 7,600 for Kelsey. I don't know if I want to do that either. I have no problem with it. Uh, I may start Mahomes as a standalone because sometimes he likes to go to like, you know, his random other options. So I kind of like Mahomes as a standalone. And uh, the, I, I, then I almost would be fine, uh, you know, playing Derrick Henry and AJ Brown. Wow. Uh, because <laughs> I think I think the Titans are gonna score enough where I think you have the ability to do that. In GPP, not cash, I could I'd be fine pairing uh Tannehill at only sixty four hundred with AJ Brown as well. Sixty hundred is his price. That is so disrespectful. He hasn't practiced yet though. Well, yeah, he's at, he's got that stomach issue, but look at it that when the stomach when his uh that bug was at its worst. In the second half alone, yeah, yeah. seven I catches for ninety-one yards. Didn't find the end zone. So yeah, I, I, I think I won't shy away from uh, AJ three hundred at all as standalones. Now, uh, if you didn't want to stack this up at all, Mahomes and Henry, you could again ninety-two hundred for Henry. We talked about how it is like the worst idea to put that for uh, that much. Um, into your uh you know any particular position because i mean he has to score he has to score like 36 points in order to do it he's done it twice already this year like he absolutely can do it um but you know the issue the issue being that oh he's almost done it three times this year uh you know he's found the end zone three times the last two weeks that's certainly not guaranteed but the workload is and against uh, against this Chiefs defense, I think that he's obviously going to be running the ball like crazy. So, um, not someone you could afford in, in every lineup because, if, especially if you're paying for Henry and Mahomes. But I will have a Henry and Mahomes lineup. Um, you have to have Henry in there because this is, by all definition, I hate using the term a smash spot. They de they they <laughs> literally coined the term 
for this game. Yeah. Mahomes <laughs> and Henry. They're literally like both salivating today looking at the game plan because uh they're they're about to set a combined record for fantasy points. Man, I uh it's so hard to disagree, but man that that's the popular for a reason, though, and you know, usually I shy away pop- from those. Yeah, for, I hate yeah. chalk games, but this game will yeah. work. You this, do. I'd be stunned. You hate chalk. I'd be stunned if this fails. Again, I'm saying this is a cash game must, and uh, th- especially if you're playing in like single entry. But you know, if you want to stand apart in GPP, you got to do something different. But I'm just saying, you got to have a piece of this at least because if this chalk goes off the way I think, and you don't have a piece of it, you will lose. Yeah, um, that's the problem. I think the points could be so insane that um, I think you could uh, you you could actually like be in a lose a no win situation avoiding it. So again, I'm not saying to lean hard in all lineups. I'm just saying you got to have a piece of it. Well, okay, it's okay to spend some extra time on this game because it has so much focus. There's one player I really thought you were going to mention that you didn't, Darrell and Lee? it's Ryan Tannehill. I don't. Um, I said right? I'd start. I said I'd start him with it. Well, you. It sounded more like. It's Mahomes. I was kind of leaning. I think if I had to pick one, I think I might be taking the discount and going with with Tannehill. We get him at 64. He opens up the door for all that. I've just been trying to get I've been I'm, I'm afraid I'm galaxy burning this game, to be honest, before I go. Because I'm just afraid I'm gonna try and get too creative. Okay, so you do like Tannehill. I think I like like again, if you want to separate from the pack, but still have exposure, my pivot for this game has been. Tannehill to A.J. Brown coming back with Darrell Williams. I like it. Yeah, okay, okay, cool, good. All right, good, because I was afraid I was going to get some some eye rolls, and there's probably some out there in podcast land going on. But listen, the the Chiefs are down at running back. There's nobody left. They really love Williams because he's he does everything very well. Right, he's not great, but he hits the right spots. He picks up pass protection. He blocks. He catches the ball. He had 24 touches and two touchdowns last week. So just for that kind of usage in a game with this total at his price, he makes sense as a volume play for me for sure. That I'm probably living in that 6K range. Uh, Williams coming in at 5.8K. So that you could definitely stomach. I think at my own detriment, I think I'm going to end up fading Kelsey. The Titans have been excellent against opposing tight ends, only allowing seven points per game, five targets, 24 yards. Against number one wide out, almost 10 targets for over 85 yards. In fact, this is against a Tennessee Titan pass team at the number one wide out, the number two wide out, and all other wide outs have averaged over 82 yards per game. That Tennessee Titan D, 23% pass DVOA, a 65 grade from PFF as far as pass rush. Those are near the bottom of the league. They've allowed 36 attempts, 24 completions for 275 yards, 12 yards per completion. Those are all near the bottom of the board. Man, I think I got to get some Tyreek Hill also. You know, like you said, we mentioned it with with the lead. We want to give advice that works within positive strategies for people that aren't going out and running 150 lineups. I'm more of a three to five lineup guy in single entries. I think you need some exposure in almost any lineup. And for me, yeah, man, I'm going to have Tannehill to Brown coming back with Darrell Williams. And then in another one where I have some more cheaper pieces, I think Tariq Hill is a stand in a good standalone spot the way that Tennessee has given up tons of yards to them one wide out. In the game. I actually really... haven't mentioned one of my favorite plays of the yeah, week. Yeah, go, go, go. The end. Well, you go. brought up Tyreek Hill. And I said earlier that I, I, I didn't know about stacking Hill up with 
Mahomes because of the price. And a lot of that has to do with uh, his quad injury, which I haven't talked about. Um, but again, that's not mean about, that's not about really me fading Hill because of the injury. It's more about the price. My favorite play of the week that I haven't talked about yet that I want to save to the end is me Cole Hardman. Oh. Um, if Hill plays, he could be limited snap share because of the quad injury. If he doesn't yeah. play, uh, Nicole Hardman's 4,300 Wow! <laughs> in a game where I'm telling you, Pat Mahomes is going to have his game of the year. Uh, if Tyree kills limited, it's hard to imagine Michael Hardman doesn't have a piece of that. So 4,300 Hill plays or not does not matter. I'm going to have Michael Hardman in some lineups. So absolutely have to sneak him in there. Um, you know, like this is one of those ones where I think like Kadarius, Tony, um, where we were on him before he broke out. This is Michael Hardman. Like, this is like one of those things where I absolutely might have him in practically every lineup because of the price. Um, I absolutely love him here because if, you know, anyone pays attention to chiefs football, McCool Hardman at 4,300 can pretty much return value on one catch, right? you know? Uh, so that, you know, it's it with or without Hill. I like him without Hill. It's like chalk, chalk, chalk. Yeah, no, I guess that, that makes sense. And again, you gotta get, you're gonna have to get weird if you're in one of the larger GPP fields, right, man? So I hope everyone's sticking with it that there are certain plays for certain games and certain for others. Hardman really might check all the boxes. We saw him get the volume when they go to him against Buffalo, you know, nine for 76. So there is a possibility there. I haven't gotten Hardman in my single entry lineups, but it all certainly makes sense. Very last thing. I, I man, on my, my first look show, I was talking about smashing the key chiefs at minus three. The very last thing I want from you in this game, Matt, I know it went long, but it really is worth it. We saw them kind of squash Washington. Do you think the Chiefs defense might a corner and coming back at all? No. Okay. Yeah, a lot of people don't. <laughs> I, I thought they did a very good job in the secondary against McLaurin. I know people are saying he's banged up, but Washington went to him over and over and over. They gave him a shot at some one-on-ones. The Chiefs secondary played they played really well, and they played. They were very good last year. So I'm going to be watching that to see if the Chiefs can figure it out on defense. Then we're going to see that, you know, A1 group that we thought we had coming into the season. I still think the Chiefs cover them up, even with, you know, the, the tight strengths, though. I, I'm not going to be putting any real money uh, on well, this Well, I will one. say one thing about the Chiefs' defense. A lot of people don't give them any credit, but they have one player in particular. His name is Nick Bolton. Uh, freaking hawking around in the in the in the middle of the field, uh, rookie. He, I think he leads rookies in tackles. He is going to be a problem uh, for the league. He just doesn't have any help right now. But if right. if anything, if you're wondering why Derrick Henry is not having a big game, it's going to have a lot to do with this guy, uh, Nick Bolton. So uh, again, he he doesn't have much help in terms of stopping Derrick Henry. So I'm sure Henry will be perfectly fine. And again, um, and go off for. Uh, you know, another billion yards, but uh, they do have one standout star on that defense. No one talks about enough. Yeah. I don't think I'm getting to Henry this week. I think I'm going to let other people go that road. I mean, he needs a ceiling game. He does it every single week, but he hamstrings the salary so much that I think also a big Henry. You know me, I like getting creative with weird players. So I almost like the challenge of throwing in a couple of high price guys and then like, you know, figuring it out Tetris style. Yeah, the, the big Henry game could actually limit the Chiefs' blaze run. So he could be the monkey wrench for all the people chasing Chiefs' stack. All right, let's move it on. That was a ton on that game. But, man, all the good information that people are coming here for, baby. Okay, next up, the Washington football team going to face your Green Bay Packers in Wisconsin. Green Bay favored by, I got seven and a half. I believe that has moved. That actually was like nine 
or greater, and it's moving towards Washington. Matt, CLV, closing line value, something that uh, a lot of betters that are smarter than I am swear by. Uh, I hope if there's any pro betters out there, I hope they're not mashing their teeth, rolling their eyes at me again, because it's not that I don't care about CLV. I know that there is a proven but when it comes to individual games, I really don't care. I do not care about CLV. I trust my own work. Man, I watched this Washington team last week. They're they're correcting. Like they're correcting back to what we thought. Maybe teams have figured out Heineke a bit. Maybe he's just kind of reverted a bit. He hasn't eclipsed more than uh, 250 yards three of the last four games. You know, ah, man, and it was the, the Chiefs last week that people thought he was going to, you know, have the engines wide open, pumping on all cylinders. He went for 182-1. and one. Now, I mentioned thinking the Chiefs D look good. The key here for me is I'm looking at that 48-and-a-half Matt, to me, this is purely a narrative play. You're going to get the mic in a sec. People love the Packers. I think they're a very good team. But I have a hard time getting behind Packers overs. They move at a snail's pace. Check this out. Packers, more than 30 seconds per play. That's bottom three. But they're also very efficient. So they are good for 37 yards per drive. That's top five. More than three minutes and 13 seconds a drive. That's, again, is top five with a 75% success rate on offense. So what's that mean? They take forever with the ball. I'm not getting to 48 points in this one, in particular with me not believing in the Washington offense. Where they've been very good is they've done a great job up front. Matt, the Washington offensive line, one of the biggest surprises to me so far this year, a top three grade from PFF. They've only allowed six sacks and a 3.8 adjusted sack rate. Packers have been pretty good getting in the quarterback, man. 14 sacks so far. That's where I think this one is going to be won or lost. Packers have only allowed 206 passing yards a game, six yards per attempt, nine per completion. I think Washington football team gets exposed. I think they struggled. Gibson practiced, but I can't see him finishing a complete game. Man, I think this team's in a lot of trouble. I just think the Packers rack them up, roll them up. My favorite play on the board is buying low on Devontae Adams. Anytime Devontae Adams has an off game, that's when I go after him. I already hit this this year, right? He had gone um, 6 for 64 against Pittsburgh. That was a smash spot. He went 11 for 206. He went 4 for 89 against Chicago. I expect him to eviscerate Washington. Again, I don't usually go for Rodgers because of the speed they move at. So for me, I like the Packers' D. I like the under. I think they cover up Washington. But my only DFS play here is Adams. Who do you like? Ben? Um, I definitely love Adams. <laughs> I think at 8,900, he's one of those other guys you can't really afford to not play. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely, I'm in on him. I may I may go an entire Stars lineup uh, with, like, Mahomes, Mahomes, Henry, and Adams and see if I can figure it out just, for, <laughs> just to see if I can do it. But yeah, Adams uh, versus this Washington defense. I mean, I wouldn't even mind pairing him with Rodgers. I always say that uh, Rodgers is one like Heineke and Rodgers. There's certain guys that I don't want to pair because um, their ability to catch up with their own receiver is not there because they don't have enough other weapons in order to even everything out. But in this particular case, I think versus Washington, um, Aaron Rodgers is someone that uh, his ceiling is a little higher than typically. So yeah, Adams at 8,900. Love it. Um, you can't go anything with the Green Bay backfield because AJ Dillon has been rubbing his face uh, in that workload the past yeah. couple of, you know, past few weeks. So yeah. that really limits Aaron Jones upside. And if, um, you know, he's going to cost, what is he right now? 7,500. That's a little too much. AJ Dillon, yeah. 4,600. That's not too bad. 
um, I, 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 you know, the, the only thing is his workload is not guaranteed uh, in week four versus Pittsburgh, 15 carries for 81 yards, which is that game. I told everyone to play him. I uh, didn't find the end zone, but did good work at Cincinnati eight for 30 on the ground. Did get four targets for 49 yards, got a touchdown through the air. Uh, then last week he did get 11 carries for 59 yards in an ugly game against the bears. So I think for 4,600, he's not necessarily a bad play at all. Uh, so if you need to save some money, uh, in a GPP, I think that's that's an okay way to go. On the Washington side, uh, TJ McLaurin, you can't really go wrong with. Jair Alexander is not back, so um, he'll you know you can have wheels up for him potentially. Uh, but he does he is dealing with a you know soft tissue injury, uh, you know with his hamstring, which we don't want to see. So overall, I'll probably be fading him a bit. Uh, but of course, then you got Mr. Ricky Seals Jones who will continue to see a ton of targets. Uh, Green Bay does not uh, guard the middle of the field particularly well, but they are loading up on linebackers recently. So that's going to uh, potentially be a lot more difficult than it has been. But uh, for how cheap he is this week, again, he is 3,700. He's going to see a ton of targets, could find the end zone. Um, you know, it's a split backfield with Antonio Gibson's injury. So um, if uh, Terry McLaurin's limited and you don't know what's happening in the backfield, that leaves Ricky Seals Jones. So I think at uh, 3,700, I'll potentially be in on him once again. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, that, I mean, other than that, yeah, I think the only thing I'm really, really interested in is. Devontae Adams, don't mind pairing him with Aaron Rodgers, and then AJ Dillon if you need to save some money. Um, yeah, uh, in the uh, in the back end. Yeah, you know, I kind of I forgot about Seals Jones. I was just starting to try to fade the Washington pass offense, but that's a pretty good call. He does not come off the field. He plays every. I think I believe he's played every single snap since Logan Thomas has gone out, and we know Washington has a very prolific role carved out for the tight end. And he stepped right in. I also forgot one other player and it's the reason why I got off of seals Jones and it's McKissick. Um, if Washington falls behind, we know they really don't go to Gibson through the air. So even if we're to assume that Gibson completes the game, all the passing work is McKissick. Gibson has not had more than three catches since week one. And I mean, he had one that he took to the house, but it's been two catches for four yards, two catches for 12 yards, two catches for no yards, right? He's not, I actually thought Gibson was going to be part of the passing offense coming into the season. You got to take the L on this one. We're at week six. It has not been the case. McKissick has at least five catches in three games last week, eight carries and eight catches. And it's eight for 65 to get him in space. And you know, he's, dangerous out there so i think at 5k he is worth a look um if you're looking at you know you need that last piece you know that last flex piece i was talking about so i already have named Corey davis and mckissick right so i always kind of keep those players in a basket at the end sometimes you have to hold your nose when you play them i do like your call on dylan i don't think i could get there because aaron jones matt i think has a ceiling game coming right we know he can do it and uh, man, I, I I don't know. I I have been away from that from that backfield. Um, I think your Packers cover them up pretty easy. All right, let's move it on. Man, kicking myself here. I mentioned CLV just a minute ago, and it's not that I don't subscribe to it, but man, I wish I had laid some of the bets when I did my uh, first look show on Wednesday. People, keep an eye on my Twitter handle. You know, I'm putting these videos out. There's good stuff in there. I had said I got to try and get the clip, Matt. This is Atlanta Falcons. Two and a half point favorites in Miami against the Dolphins. I was 
scratching my head. I could not believe the Dolphins were two-point favorites on Wednesday. It's now Friday. It has swung four and a half points. Now the Falcons are favorite, and now I can't bet this. I thought I had the Falcons as my underdog, as an underdog winner here, but I don't like them enough to go after. This one feels really easy to fade. Let me just, before you get it, let me give you the reason people are loving this and why we're seeing the 47.5 point total, which is very high for two teams which are very poor on offense. In particular, the Dolphins may be worse than the Jets, even with Tua. And it's the pace of play. Atlanta moves very fast, 27.4 seconds per play. The Dolphins even faster, 26 seconds per play. Now, as far as drives go, neither one of them do much with the ball. So for me, it's very easy to leave these ones alone. Do you like this one at all? I'm hearing, I'm hearing Waddle love, maybe some Gasicki love. He's lining up on the outside now, so I guess that justifies it. I'm hearing people looking at Pitts again. Uh, I don't know. This one just stinks to me. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that I think that the I think that the I've been calling this for a while. Calvin Ridley is going to bounce back in like a massive way. Um, uh, so I think that I will. I think I'm somewhat interested in adding him to a lineup because I think it's finally going to be his time to shine. Uh, 6,600. Mm. Yeah, at 6,600, it's not too bad. So I think uh, it could be Calvin Ridley time. Um, I never have a problem with Kyle Pitts, but uh, for for 5,900, um, I don't think I'm going to be paying for him this week. Um, I keep saying um, a ton. I'm just trying to think this through here. The um, I like I like the Atlanta running backs too. I mean Patterson and Davis. I think that uh, Patterson is going to be someone that is you know decent ownership again. But a 6300 versus the Dolphins defense, that's perfectly fine. I think Davis even a 5200 is someone that I would mind wouldn't mind pl- playing. But it depends on your return on investment. Davis would be more of a cash thing for just getting safe value back. Um, You know, Patterson would be the GPP ad, even though people are going to be on him. I don't like this game in general, but I do believe that the Falcons offense will um, continue to grow and do things that we were more expecting out of them. So, uh, yeah, I think that I love Calvin Ridley. I think that there is a a big time game coming for him. I, I, I think that you have to see uh, what's happening with Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure that they they may, may may both miss the game with their injuries. They were out last week, but you want to check that check that out before you know calling going full in on Calvin Ridley. But overall, I'm not too excited about this game. Um, right. I could see I could see them I could see the Falcons blowing up. Um, and I think Jalen Waddle is uh, absolutely not not too bad of a play either at 5600. Um, Matt, hold on. Do you think, do you think they're going to, do you think they have a plan for this guy? I mean, it's, it's, it's all so close to the line of scrimmage. I really can't remember another player that's had like this many targets and this many catches without any yards. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I don't think they have a plan, but uh, he has had, uh, he's had uh, Jalen Wallace had uh, over 10 catches and over and, and 13 targets twice this year. So I, I mean, you can see where the explosion could come from. Uh, he's been under 5,000 every single week and now he's finally up to 5,600, which makes it a little less, uh, you know, makes me a little less happy, but I, I think that, uh, you know, the Falcons um, corner that's going to probably uh, probably cover him is Richie Grant and, have, you know, he, he sucks. <laughs> so I think, I think two is going to pepper waddle with targets once again in yeah. this. So I think, I, I think I like this quite a bit. Yeah. One of my, my QB plays in this game, uh, I generally try not to pay up for quarterback because, you know, quarterback touches the 
ball every play. So where I'm generally looking to pay for opportunities, I don't feel like I have to do that for QBs. And it's Matt Ryan. I think this one's going to be one in the trenches by the Falcons. You know, they don't get a lot of love, but they've protected him. They've only allowed eight sacks, a 5% adjusted sack rate. That's top three. You know, they've gone for 40 attempts, 28 completions per game. You flip that to the Miami defense, which again, people, quick lesson here, defenses really just don't, they don't automatically carry over, carry over season two. And I think that's important because people came in and thought Dolphins defense, Dolphins defense. All right, let's look at the Dolphins defense briefly, Matt. 29 and a half points a game allowed, 69 plays for 418 yards. Those are all in the bottom three. They're allowing 39 yards per drive, more than three minutes time of possession for a 77% drive success rate. Again, those are all bottom three, bottom five. The lines are getting pushed around, allowing 125 rush yards per game. And the past is where they've really been bad. I mean, it's, it's really bad in Miami right now. 23% past DVOA, bottom eight, allowing 39 attempts, 26 completions, 292 pass yards per game. I'm going to go with the standalone Matt Ryan play here. He's gone for 283 yards at least in three of the last four. I think this Atlanta pass offense is coming alive. Give me Ryan to Ridley is my – I mean, I feel like we really could have one of the top skinny stacks of the week. And we're getting them at an immense discount. The last thing I was on was Mike Isecki because of the usage, Matt. I don't know if you've seen this. He's not even lining up in line, right? He is a wideout. I think he's only taken, I think it's under 20 snaps in line as a tight end. He's a wideout. He's a legit wideout. So I think that might be a decent way to come back. Again, opportunities. You mentioned it. Got to keep your eye on the Miami wide receiver room. I know we weren't quite sure. I have it right here. Parker got in two limited practices in a row, as did Preston Williams. So I think, and I'm curious, just your last thing, if those two guys are going to play, does that take you off a while at all? Um, No. Okay. No, it doesn't. Okay. I don't think that's scary enough to take me off him. Okay, yeah. See, that's where it does get me off of Kaseki. The Falcons have actually been very good defending the tight end. That is one of the few position-specific defensive metrics I'll look at because generally it's it's diversity of linebacker play. Mm-hmm. Atlanta Falcons, D, allowing only uh, 10 points a game, five targets for 40 yards against a tight end. All right, I think we can move with this one. I think we're both in lockstep with Ridley. People, again, Matt let off the show with this, and it's not boasting. It's not braggadocious. He and I put in a lot of work, and we don't brainstorm until we get here, which I think is very important because when we create the overlap in the Venn diagram, at no joke, I double circle those plays. So whenever you and I are on somebody, I'm looking at Ridley right now at the price. He is going to be in my main lineup. Next up. AFC North, Cincinnati Bengals going to Baltimore. Matt, I love the Bengals. I've been betting on them as underdogs all year long. I love the Bengals because they hey, do it all. I, I am a massive Packers fan, and I, um, you know, I'm, I'm a baseball, I'm a Mets fan. I don't understand when people uh, wear like multiple hats and multiple jerseys of all sorts of teams. I like to stick yeah. with my own team, but. Yeah. I love to have a rooting interest in the separate conference, the other conference where you don't play each other much. There's no division right. thing. And then, you know, if they play your team, it's, it's clobber in time. Uh, but I love the Bengals too. I, I mean, I hated facing them like before I mean, Joe Burrow, uh, this wide receiver group. I love the whole freaking team. Um, yeah. I love rooting for him. So, I mean, it's Joe Burrow is the freaking man. Is there like anyone cooler than Joe Burrow? Uh, oh, but yeah, awesome. I just, 
continue on your thing, but I'm just with you. I love the freaking no, I, Bengals. I love this. Team. Yeah, and for for me, the reason why I love them so much is again, I'm watching these games, and I like to focus on defense because I think that's where the market has a blind eye. Right? It's very easy to try and get clicks talking about you know the wide receiver room and the star players, but there are you know 11 players going on each side. And then on defense, it's line play that I love. Check this out, Matt. The Bengals' defense is so good. And then I want your take on it. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get to any of these offenses. I'm afraid this one turns into like a divisional dogfight. Bengals' D, allowing 18.5 points per game. That's first, 331 yards, only five yards per play. Those are all top three. Sub-70% drive success rate. And that's before we get into the good stuff. They're tops in the league in adjusted line yards allowed. That's the most important stat for me. Minus 28% rush EVOA. Opponents held below 90 rushing yards a game, less than four running back yards per carry. They have a bunch of completions, but that's not enough, right? So when you see 40 attempts and 27 completions, both bottom three, but it's only 240 yards, six per attempt, less than nine per completion. The Bengals D is very good. They're a complete team. But my beef here is when I'm looking at the board, Matt, 46 and a half points, which is pretty high. That attracts DFS players like moths to the flame. Here's my beef. The speed. The Bengals are the slowest team in the league at 31 and a half seconds. The Ravens right behind him at 29 and a half. So regardless of what we think about it, I do not see this one turning into a shootout. Oh, I think I like the Bengals getting six and a half points. I might even like them to win it outright. It's it's that Ravens defense that has me uncertain, Matt. And that's where I'm hoping we'll get some clarity. You said you love the Bengals, but do you think they could do it against the Ravens D? The Ravens defense has been I don't even know what you I don't even know what you call it. It's just been it's just been really up and down. They've shut down teams and they've kind of imploded, right? Vegas scored 33. Kansas City went in the mid-30s. And then we saw it kind of drop until Indy got in the mid-20s. But less than 10 points, two of the last three games, less than 23 of the last four. Is the Ravens D for real? Do you think they could sit on the Bengals offense? I, I don't like um, betting or going with DFS in these division games, especially these tough ones. I think that's yeah. just – I mean, I, I mentioned last week why I wanted nothing to do with the Bears and Packers. You saw how that crap went. Uh, same thing here with the – uh, with the Bengals and, and Ravens. I would love to go with Burrow and Chase in this one, but again, tough divisional game. Burrow doesn't really run much. Um, I still find playing Chase each and every week to the detriment of Higgins and Boyd. I mean, it's the Jamar Chase show, and yeah. he's the only one I think you could truly count on from week to week. So um, I think you could go with Chase. Uh, Lamar Jackson's like always a good play. Um, so regardless of the game, but still in a tough division game, I'm probably not going to be going there. If you're looking to pay up at tight end, I mean, Travis Kelsey's 7,600 and Mark Andrews is only six grand. So again, uh, perfectly fine play. I'm good with that. I don't know why you would do that because uh, a game coming up, I mean, Dallas Goddard's 600. Um, I would go there, but uh, overall, not a ton I like. I mean, Rashad Bateman is is interesting if you just want to go with like yeah. cheap options in this game because i know not a lot of people are totally excited about him but i think you know in his very first game he did get six targets caught four of them for only 29 yards but you know six targets in his first game you'd expect that to be a minimum uh maybe more going into the next game so i at uh at a very rock bottom 3400 i think that that he's a 
I think he's he's fine if uh, you don't want to pay up for uh, Hollywood Brown at 5,800, who's probably also a decent play. But it's I've said the word decent a lot, and that's basically what this game is. It's decent, not good enough. But it's a, yeah, it's a tough division game that I could see. I could see being uh, you know the under. I could see this being an epic shootout too. I mean, really, game, you know, I'm yeah, oh, absolutely. Joe, well, Joe Burrow um, has a immense amount of weapons. Yeah. Uh, his his ceiling game has not occurred in his career yet, and uh, he could easily blow the doors off any week. And the Ravens' defense, I don't necessarily give him as much credit as a lot of people do. Uh, I think that Burrow has the ability to uh, take the ceiling off of this thing, but I'm, I wouldn't bet on it. Uh, I, I'm just uh, Ravens minus six. I definitely don't like it all. I think I would bet. I like my favorite thing to do in this game is probably just bet the Bengals to uh, to beat the spread here. That's that's about it. Uh, and, and DFS, I'm probably leaving it alone as much as I like all of the players. Yeah. Well, again, I, those are you know division games and slow paced ones with good defenses are good spots to start avoiding. I have a little bit that I noticed on this game, and I have all these crazy heat maps going on, Matt, and all these defensive positional specific stats or whatever. And some of these are really interesting. So check this out, right? People look at Jamar Chase because he's awesome. However, Ravens defense, best in the league against number one wideouts, maybe number two, Chicago, and they did a very good job against Adams. But the Ravens, the seven targets for only 52 yards. However, the Ravens are one of the worst, if not the worst team against a tight end in the league. 19 fantasy points a game is worst. Nine and a half targets, 77 yards. Ozoma is only 3K and could be a really sneaky play. We had this happen with Ricky Seals-Jones. And something you well, we haven't talked about it yet, Matt. Let's talk about it real quick, people. We're looking to win GPPs. In DraftKings, if you have $50,000 and you need 200 points, you need a four times multiplier from your salary. So a $3,000 player only needs a 12. And like I said, Titans are averaging 19. And then the other side, um, oh, oh, to that same side, I'm sorry. Ravens defense has gotten, they've had difficulty, let's say, with pass catching running back. And we know Mixon can do that. And he's felt pretty good. So I haven't really heard many people talk about Joe Mixon this week at 6,500. I feel like maybe he's underpriced. And very last thing, Matt, doesn't that maybe fit into the narrative that you and I drew, right? Even if it's a tough, it's a dog fight, it's being played close to the line. Doesn't Mixon have to get, geez, 20-something touches in this one? Yes, <laughs> he does. Uh, that, uh, that He does. So I, I uh, the only problem is I don't know about at 60, <clears throat> at 6,500, he can get there. I mean, his last, the, the, the only time he has gotten there was his last game where he's got, you know, 18 carries, which again, he's gotten 18, 16, 18, 20. He was only limited against the Packers when he had an injury. So he gets the work there but he's only eclipsed 20 points once. Yeah. <clears throat> and he had 26.3 against uh, at Detroit, which it's, you know, at Detroit. Uh, he had five catches on six targets before that, though, only one, two, one, two. Um, did reach the end zone in the last three games he has played, you know, kind of barely got there against the Green Bay, which is probably his most impressive run of the entire year, hobbled uh, running into the end zone against the Packers. It was a beautiful run, but uh, in this game, I don't see see it because look at at Detroit 18 carries and six targets only got you 26 points and he found the end zone in that one yeah. in this particular game here you do got to pay up for 6500 so you know you're looking for 26 27 points ish um and you know he 
you know, what was barely able to do that against Detroit. So I, I mean, he would need to do better than that against a much tougher team. So while I can see maybe going for it in a cash game, uh, in a GPP, I, I think I don't see like some kind of explosion coming. Like if in GPP, I want to, in my mind, right. see a, see a path to like a, like a, an exploding game. And I don't see that for him. I can see him delivering uh, a safe value, but I cannot see him exploding for beyond like what you're hoping. Yeah. That's not, that's really not, it's really well put because you know, the Ravens rushed. He has actually been very good too. You know, I mentioned adjusted line yards within the top on defense, three and a half yards allowed 20 attempts for 82 yards on the ground, right around four running back yards per attempt. So I think if Mixon gets there, it's going to have to be through the air Simaj P. Ryan is, I think he's on the COVID protocol, but I think he should be back, right? He didn't practice, but it's non injury. So, yeah, I, I, maybe I have to back off of mixing. He feels like he could be a, a cash play just from the concentration of work that he's going to get. Again, I think this one will be close. I'm with you with the Bengals and the points. You mentioned the Lions. Let's get into the Lions, man. Oh, my goodness. Detroit Rock City Lions, they're now getting 16 points. It was 13. Uh, a couple days ago, maybe about 48 hours ago, the public not buying that. Also, this is another one, Matt, with a super high total. We're over 50. Man, I don't know. I feel like the Lions offense, you know, is turning into a pumpkin. And the public obviously thinks they're going to do some scoring. They have not scored more than 20 points since one. Jared Goff has looked pretty terrible, has not eclipsed 217 yards three of the last four. I'm not sure what the public sees here. I mean, I've never really bet more than a two-touchdown spread because the NFL, I just don't ever see it as a 16-point league. So for me, I kind of have to leave this one alone. If I do like bet, it would be the under. Again, I mentioned the Lions offense. It's not very good. They have a minus rush DVOA. They have a minus pass DVOA. 92 yards on the ground. 229 yards through the air. This is not a team that I see getting to 17 points against a Ram defense that's been really good. They're very good up front. You know, they've put other teams in a position to have to chuck, chuck, chuck at the end. And sometimes that pads some of those passing defensive stats, you know, 41 attempts for 28 completions. Those are near the bottom, 260 yards, maybe in the, like the bottom half, but 6.3 yards per attempt, nine yards per completion. That's what you're looking at. One of the best line grades, the adjusted line stats are there. Gosh, I think this one is a blowout. So who do we go with? The chalk, public chalk, going to be on cup, obviously. Stafford will probably be one of the highest owned quarterbacks on the slate. I will have some exposure to Stafford, but 7,100 is a bit higher than I like to go. He's probably my QB1. I'm doing air quotes, meaning if I'm paying up, he's the guy I'm paying for. I think my, again, quote-unquote, sneaky, skinny stack here is to actually go with Darrell um, Henderson. What do you think about this Rams game? Have you ever bet more than two touchdowns in your life? Uh, It's double revenge game, man. There's no no rules. (laughs) Wait, hold on, hold on one second. What kind of revenge could Matthew Stafford be looking for for the Lions? He's probably going to give. They stole the Hall of Fame from him. <laughs> but I mean, he's probably sent the front office a fruit basket every week since he's been there. I doubt he's upset about much, bro. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's absolutely he's a nice dude. So uh yeah, no, I agree with everything you're kind of saying here. It's um I I don't need to repeat everything you said. So uh suffice to say is I think you bet the under. 
I think that uh, this is going to be a game where you want to plug in the running backs. I love Darrell Henderson here. He's like a workhorse. I think they'll get up big and they'll kind of pound the ball and give it to, to Henderson. I think DeAndre Swift is always a good play. I think even in a tough matchup in this one, I'm perfectly fine taking him at only 6,000. Uh, you know, he's a big play away at all times. I think, you know, he, he's going to be fine. He was limited on Thursday, but he did practice. So, uh, yeah, I think that he is someone that, for especially in GPP, you never know when his best game of the year is going to come. And it does not matter the opponent in his case. You know, a, a big play is a big play. So I think Swift, someone you can take in GPP. Uh, Darrell Henderson, absolutely love. And I don't really like uh, the rest of anything else. I think uh, I'm on St. Brown or I'm on Ross St. Brown because of how uh, banged up they are is probably in all right play for, you know, for how cheap he is. He's coming in at 4,100, which is, you know, a big, you know, kind of a step up from where he was, uh, thir- you know, for the rest of the years, like 35, 33, 32, 35. Last week against Cincinnati, he was 42, he did get seven targets only 26 yards out of it, unfortunately. And I don't know if that'll improve too much against the Rams. Yeah. So I'm probably staying away there. And then uh, the wide receivers, uh, Cup 8,400. Um, if I'm paying up, I'm going another direction. That's no offense to Cooper Cup. 500 more dollars, you can get Devontae Adams. I'm doing that. And Robert Woods, I just can't trust you, my dude. Uh, it's and, hard. And, yeah, and then the tight ends, love them both, but they've also proven to be very untrustworthy uh, because of the other targets on their team. Yeah, I think the thing with Swift, and I was kind of nervous earlier in the season when we, you know, you see the snap counts, and it was very much a a split with Jamal Williams looking at week two, 36-22, Swift to Williams respectively, week three, 35-31. And then as we saw the Lions start to fall apart and start to get beat up a little bit more, we've now seen a pretty heavy disparity, and it seems to sustain. And when I see that kind of consistency, check it out, Matt. Last three weeks, Swift, this is snap, uh, number of snaps, 52, 50, 49, and 21, 22, and 19. So those percentages are 75 to 30. You know, he's starting to get the lion's share. So I do think Swift is viable. This might be the one week I'm leaving it alone. We've just seen the Rams demoralize teams because they're so good up front. They just push you around. The Lions are not good up front at all. That that team is kind of a disaster. And the Lions' pass, he has just been gross. Check this out. They're allowing a league-worst 13.5 pass yards per completion. So I think everybody on the Rams is viable. When that happens, I generally just go with the Shepherds. So for me, I love the Stafford-Henderson skinny stack. I'm going to be all over that. The last thing I wanted to ask you was about the betting because I mentioned it. Can we, I, I have such a hard time betting a 16-point spread, but I also have a very hard time not seeing this one being, at minimum, 28-10. to 10. So how do you feel about these gigantic spreads, man? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't get why it would be this much just because I expect the Rams to control the game early. And and turn this into a running game um, rather, rather, rather early in the game. Like a- after halftime, I expect this to be on the ground, melting the clock. So, um, yeah, I don't understand how they're exp- I mean, they're, they're expecting more out of the Lions than I am. <laughs> uh, let's just say that uh, before. I know you said before you're fine, you know, taking all the Rams. And I didn't mean to discount that on my end before when I was saying I wasn't really playing anyone. I mean, Cooper Cup could easily be the wide receiver one this week. I, oh, yeah. I, I, I'm just, uh, I was just saying from my own personal standpoint, I, I would be going, in, uh, there's other directions I'd rather spend my top end money, but there's absolutely nothing wrong with this. The reason I, I don't like to go there is it's just that 
Um, we don't know what the game script's going to be. It could rob him of, you know, second half looks. Robert Wood still exists. Tyler right. Higby still exists. Darrell Henderson and Sonny Michelle could get a lot of work. So um, while I absolutely could see him easily being the uh, wide receiver one for the week, you know, he's he's got over 10 targets every single week this year. The game script may not, even though they're in a fantastic opponent, um, the game script may not be there for yeah, I, I hear you. That's that's why in my limited lineups, for me, it's just much easier to say if the Rams are getting there at all, it's on the back of Stafford. And and then kind of into what you're saying to play into that narrative where then Henderson takes over the second half. And we even saw the Rams throw in the second half against the Giants. So, yeah, that, that offense is seriously prolific. I just don't think the Lions get there again. If the Lions are not going to score 30, then we need the Rams to get into the mid-30s to clear the 50. To me, this is just the public. And the, the public loves overs and they love scoring. And it's not as easy as you think. So, yeah, give me the Rams by a million. I'm not going to bet the two-touchdown cover, but I do think it goes under, and I love Stafford and Henderson. Matt, next up, a couple of teams that are the teams that I bet on, right? So these middling teams I like to buy low on after they lose, and then I like to go up against if they happen to win. It's the Philadelphia Eagles, three-point underdogs in Las Vegas, another super high total, like super high total, 49 points. Neither one of these offenses, I think, are, are really good. We've seen the past offenses kind of come alive. Hertz is a really good cash play because of the rushing floor, but now that his price is kind of eclipsed 7,000, it's been a little easier for me to get away from. The Raiders' pass defense is not bad, by the way. Anyway, they struggle on the ground. The Eagles are not very good with conventional running. So there's a lot of like movable object and stoppable forces going on here. Mentioning bad run D, Eagles run D might be worse than the Raiders. Five adjusted line yards allowed, 33 attempts for 135 yards. So just seeing that, it's hard not to at least – Think about maybe going with Jacobs in this one. He's not generally popular in, in fantasy circles. People are not really into the Raiders at all. And I think we've seen Jacobs come alive a bit. Yeah, he's had at least 15 carries the last two, but he hasn't gone over 53 yards. He did find the end zone last year. But if you're going to get the big game, it's against a team of the Eagles on the ground. I've kind of had my a hard time at putting my finger on this one. I think the Eagles might just win it outright because Hurt seems to do that as people sell him short. But this one feels very easy to avoid. What do you think? Yeah, I think J I think I, I think this is a cash game in general. I, I think you're right with Jalen Hurts. I think he, beautiful for cash, a little too high for GPP. I mean, if you're gonna play him, I think I put this on Twitter. Close your eyes, don't watch the game. He's gonna end up with about 25 points. He he will get there somehow. Uh, but <laughs> right. he's gonna need a little more than that to return value for GPP purposes yep. for us josh jacobs is priced a little high but i mean he gets the workload and he continues to get more and more of it last week against denver he only saw the one target the previous two weeks he saw five targets so if he continues to get that increased workload again 10 carries 13 15 16 as the weeks went on if he continues to uh, maybe even grow that and get those five targets back you could be looking at his best game of the entire year. So I, I do like him in cash or GPP. I think that's a nice little play there. He, he tends to find the end zone when he plays. On Philly, um, I don't think I'll be going really Devonta Smith in this one. I always kind of like to work my way to him as the number one target. But uh, that the new number one target on the team is Dallas Goddard because Zach Ertz has bid, has bid farewell <laughs> to the city of brotherly love. And he is, he is now... Uh, 
uh, out over in Arizona. And now Goddard finally has the run of the house, only 4,600. It will not stay that way for very long. I expect him to get peppered in targets with this one, and he is someone that I'm definitely looking to start. Yeah, I think you actually bring up a great point with the tight end. So here, let's check this out again with some positional specific stuff. So both of these pass defenses have been very good overall. You know, I think the numbers sometimes they just don't lie. Um, right around the Raiders have a negative pass DVOA. The Eagles is neutral, but they're both very good. They both have a PFF pass rush grade over 75, which is excellent. The Raiders on defense is number one in the league. Okay. Neither allow more than 225 yards through the air. Neither allow more than six and a half yards per attempt or more than nine yards per completion. Those are really stingy pass defenses. However, where they've both been beat up at, I, that I didn't notice until I, you know, I kind of mash all these stats together. Two of the worst against the tight end position. They're both allowing more than 17 points a game, more than eight targets, and the Raiders allowing more than 75 yards per game. I absolutely love that Goddard play as you kind of vocalized it. You know, 4,600, right? We mentioned the multiplier. He could easily get to 18 in this one, especially if I'm just wrong about the total. Right, I mean, I don't claim to just be ten times sharper than Vegas at all times. I do have a nose for sniffing out, you know, edge at time to time. But forty nine points, someone's expecting scoring, and it could be funneled through the tight end. So, anytime that we have a shot at a player that's going to get absolute full run, and that kind of opportunity door has been open for him, I agree with you. I think this is the last time we see Goddard below five K, and I'm coming off of Gesicki that I had mentioned and going towards Goddard. If that's the price range I'm in, absolutely, like absolutely love. I really, really love that play. What about a winner? You got a winner for us here? Or is this one just? It feels very close to call, right? Yeah, that means yes. That side yeah. is generally yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it should be a good game. Um, I, I you know, it'd be good if the Eagles. If the Eagles remember that Miles Sanders was on the team, hey, Ooh. you're allowed. You're allowed to use your running back. I mean, spoiler alert. But I don't. I don't know. I, I actually want to bet the. I would bet the Eagles in this one. Yeah, I'm on it. I mean, you three. You know, it's three and a half. Thank you for that extra half a point. I could see this being a three point game. Uh, I will. I will take the Eagles. Oh man, with the if you got three and a half, that's like a yes. That's a definite. I think the Eagles actually win it outright, and if they don't, I think it's a field goal game. I agree. It's very interesting to see these such poor defensive rush stats and teams that just don't really go that route. So I think there's a, a pre, I think there's a higher chance of Jacobs getting that than Sanders. I know there's a lot of people on Sanders. It just feels it just feels like a disappointment. All the all the stats are in place. So I, I the Eagles just haven't really done it. So I, I don't think they get there. I'm gonna fade that. I think I think Sanders is at chalk. He's getting tons of mentions in DFS circles. All right, let's move it on to the breakdown, Matt. As always, why don't you lead us off on this one? This is the other just gigantic spread on the week. The Texans are 17 and a half point dogs in the desert against are we, my are Arizona. We just, are we just are we just skipping Tampa Bay? Oh, I had that one after. Did I have them out of order? No, we did, we'll do Houston first. We'll do Houston, Arizona. Okay, so let, yeah, okay, let's do Houston because I already I started blabbing on that one. Oh, you're right. That was the I do have it out of order. My apologies, everybody. Matt is right. So we already started Houston Texans, 17 and a half point dogs. I mean, that is absurd in a professional game. And there was a point in my life, Matt, that I would automatically kind of take that dog because I just say professional teams, it's hard to blow them out like that. But Arizona is a complete team. They're very good on both sides. 
Kyler was supposedly injured. I guess if injured gets you four touchdowns, injured's okay. Can the Texans even compete in this one? No. <laughs> no, not at all. They're, this is going to be a bloodbath. Uh, Tyra Taylor may be back, but I mean, uh, Davis Mills did did fine, uh, you know, ish. Uh, but this could be good news. For, ish. I like the I like the ish. <laughs> uh, this could be good news for Brandon Cooks, uh, the, who who should be seeing himself some targets. Uh, but uh, six thousand, no thank you. Uh, no thank you to any of the Arizona pass catchers like usual weekly in DFS. I yeah. don't know where. Uh, Kyler Murray's going with this ball. So I'm not going to pay up for any of them. So, right. yeah, I'm not going that direction either. Zach Ertz is interesting at only 3,900, but Max Williams, as good as he did before getting injured, was the sixth option, sixth wow. option in passing <laughs> on this team. So that's not going to probably change. Uh, they just now have a better option in that sixth spot. So would it surprise me for Kyler Murray to go ahead and chase his new shiny toy in the end zone in his first game? No, I think for 3,900, you could totally do that. But I think a lot of other people are going to have that same exact idea. So I think right. that uh, the best thing to do in this particular case is to Avoid the Arizona offense other than Kyler Murray. Uh, he's a standalone stud. The running backs are always okay, but James Conner is touchdown dependent, even though he finds the end zone every single week. That's where he lives. He has a, he has a mailbox in the end zone. <laughs> uh, Chase Edmonds is, 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 is solid too, but again, there's so many mouths to feed as um, he's part of the passing game. You never know what's going to happen here. So uh, I kind of like James Conner a bit because I think that this game will get out of hand and they'll end up putting the, the ball on the ground, which should, I think, favor him uh, a bit uh, at 5,600 tied with Edmonds. I think that you can go with the, the ground game in Arizona because of the game script. But overall, I'm not taking anything over on the Houston side. Kyler Murray is always a stud to stand alone and uh, maybe the Arizona running backs. But other than that, I mean, Zach Ertz, I said, it's a narrative game for him, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I, 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 it's, these are, these are so crazy. 17 and a half points is, you know, now we're starting at 28, 10 and 28, 10 gets to 38. And I can't help but look at the over this over is at 47 and a half. Again, the public just jacking up all these totals. So again, Matt, something you and I talk about every week. I like to start with the winning team at 31, right? When I look for overs, I say, okay, let's assign 31 points to the Cardinals. The Texans got to get 17. I don't know how they score 17 against the Cardinals. I just don't see it. The Cardinals defense is excellent, man. They are just excellent. Only 18 points a game, right? So we need 17 from the Texans who are well below average. And the Cardinals allow 18, only 340 yards a game. 31 yards a drive, two and a half minute time of possession per drive. My, check this out. Minus 20% rush and pass DVOA. They're very strong up front. They look good last week, and Chandler Jones didn't even play. I'm looking. I do not see him on the injury report. If he's back, he is such a beast. Again, I like to watch the defense. You know, when Jones and Watt are operating on that. Now, Jones is technically listed as a linebacker, but he does a lot of hybrid stuff. They're very good, man. They're very good. I don't see the Texans scoring two touchdowns in this. So I would avoid the cover, and I'd probably go on the under, but I think it's Arizona and the under by a mile. And I guess it's Murray, but I, I think I'm going to end up with no ownership in this one, Matt. And by your from your point, I guess that, that sounds like it's okay because it's hard to get a thumb on it, right? Yeah. 
yeah, I uh, yeah, I, I probably won't have anyone in this game. To be perfectly honest, to everyone listening, I, I mentioned the guys that are worth playing, uh, but I won't be really partaking in any of that. All right, cool. We got the last one. That's sorry, I I fudged on. Man, I did so good with the order the last couple of weeks. Matt, lead us off. Bears twelve and a half point underdogs to the Buccaneers. Forty seven is a total. What do you got? Well, one thing you want to do is avoid Khalil Herbert, who uh, amazed every single person last yeah. week uh, with how well he did. Uh, Damian Williams is probably going to be back. Uh, but whether he is or not, that doesn't make the Buccaneers defense any worse. <laughs> the the rush, to, you know, you can beat them through the air. You cannot beat them on the ground. Khalil Herbert, complete fade. I think uh, and the on the other side of the ball, Leonard Fournette has proven to be um, – has proven to be the guy in Tampa Bay. Uh, he's a fine cash play, not GPP. He's not a GP kind of player. Uh, I think it's safe to avoid anyone in the air on the Chicago side. Um, and, and along with Justin Fields, who, again, if uh, you're facing Tampa Bay, anything with wheels involved, you're going to want to go ahead and shut down. So uh, I don't want anything on the Chicago side, period. I right. think that Leonard Fournette is a fine cash play. Uh, and then Tom Brady is always in consideration for doing well, but the bears are still difficult. You know, they, they have, uh, uh, they have Khalil Mack. They're good at getting to the quarterback. Uh, they're pretty difficult matchup for opposing quarterbacks from a fantasy perspective. So uh, I wouldn't be too excited to get on board any kind of Tampa Bay stack, even though they like to, you know, put up a lot of points. Uh, which limits my interest in any of the wide receivers too, for the same reason in Arizona, so many mouths to feed. So I tend to avoid the law altogether. Um, if they hit, they hit, but uh, I'd rather not spend up at all to, to pay for a guy that, you know, it could just not be his week. I don't know if Tom Brady flips a coin, uh, just decides who <laughs> is going to get the ball that week. But um, yeah, I'm not playing anyone in this one. Just nobody. No, thank you. Yeah. I think, I don't think Antonio Brown is going to play. Um, right, he rolled the ankle, he got back in, which kind of happens. But then, uh, if anyone's ever played or been hurt, sometimes it's it's the next day, right? Especially as you get older and have kids, like I do, you notice that that pain the next day, right? Magic Kingdom's not so hard to walk around. The next day, it hurts a little bit more. So even without Brown, it's kind of hard to put your thumb on it. You nailed it there. Uh, this one is really tough for me. The Bears' offense is atrocious. It is so bad. And man, there's so much prior lock, you know, take lock on Twitter for Justin Fields. Uh, Matt, I don't, I don't remember if you were into him going into the preseason, but you could see why. You know, the tools are there, but you got to do better for this kid because they don't protect him at all. The Bears have allowed a league worst 22 sacks. They have a league worst 12 and a half percent adjusted sack rate. And then every passing stat is the bottom of the barrel. I mean, everything. This Bears offense is trashola, 16 points a game. They run less than 60 plays, less than 250 yards per game. Oh, 117 pass yards per game. And I just don't see that changing. I know people are saying the Bucks pasty is so weak, but again, that's usually more of a function of the game script. I don't think they're that bad. I don't think they're great allowing 280 yards per game, but I don't think they're terrible. You really nailed it. I think you just have to stay away from this one. I'm curious. Do you think the Buccaneers get to the 13? Like this one feels like it could have been a 15 or a 16 point spread. This one seems to stop at 13 where I do have an okay tolerance for that kind of spread. You know, 27-14, that's if the Bears can get to 14. And that's if they can hold the Buccaneers below. I know the Bears' defense is, quote-unquote, pretty good. But this Bucks offense, man, watching Tom Brady operate, like you said, he is so good. He has a chance to be the number one QB 
on any given week. But I really just don't think I'm going to have much much ownership in this one at all. I'm just kind of I was just having a hard time getting behind anybody in particular. Do you think I missed a boat here? No, I no, I'm not. I'm not going. It, it's it's going to be an ugly game, and it, where the production comes, you don't know where it's going to come from. So I think it's an easy- yeah, really well put. Sometimes that's sometimes that's okay. You know, you you end up looking for pieces in a game that have these question marks around them. You miss. Like you said, it's very hard. It's hard to predict the Buccaneers' defense because I don't think anybody knows. You may be onto something with the coin flip. I'm I'm not really sure. That's the entire board. That's all ten games betting. DFS, even a little bit of fantasy, just everything you could ask for. Now, as we've been going, I've been building a lineup, something I've been meaning to do as we go through the weeks, and thing is handsome as anything. I've got Ryan up top, QBing, Henderson and McKissick in my running back spots, going to Devontae Adams, Calvin Ridley. Now, I have Corey Davis in that last spot, although I'm scratching my chin. I haven't locked that one in yet. I have Uzoma at 3K in the tight end for a little salary relief to Chuba Hubbard, Chuba Hubbard, sorry, at the flex that I think gets the big ceiling game we've been waiting for. And then I just need a cheap defense. Not 100% sure where I'm going yet. Believe it or not, I end up with the Jets. Again, because for me, it's about pace and, you know, low totals. So that one kind of checks the boxes. Matt, did you put anything together first? You got any bargain guys you love or what before we get out of here? Uh, I told everyone that I was building a lineup with Mahomes, Henry, and Adams in it, and I built Okay. <laughs> uh, how can you afford to do that, you ask? Well, you need to make some cutbacks in other areas. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Mahomes leading the way. I am pairing him up with McCole Hardman at 4,300. My right. running backs are Derek Henry at 9,200 and J.D. McKissick at 5,000. Okay. My star wide receiver is Devontae Adams to be going with Nicole Hardman. And then at 3,400, Rashad Bateman. I think yeah. that uh, he saw six targets again in his first game we mentioned earlier. No reason to expect his role to diminish, maybe even no. go further. A big game out of yep. Bateman. Boom, you've returned value. Tight yep. end, 4,600. Not bad. I'm actually paying up. Dallas right. Goddard. In this, <laughs> in this game of stars, I'm actually paying up. Um, and then the last two spots are interchangeable. There's two combinations you can do with your remaining salary. One, okay. um, go with the double Eagle tight end, go with it, go with Goddard, throw in Ertz for his narrative touchdown. And then you have to go with something ugly like the Eagles defense, which again, if you're going double Eagles tight end, you might as well go with the Eagles defense. But I wasn't really too happy with that because the Raiders, I kind of think that you could low, they could low key destroy the Eagles. So, um, you could go that direction, but I decided to pay up a little bit more at defense and go with the Cardinals only 3,100, but again, at home versus Houston, I think that's safe enough, which left me with no money. And I put in Dante Pettis. Remember him? He's still a thing. Everybody he's alive last week, 11 targets versus the Rams. Yeah. Five of them. If, if the, uh, the other wide receivers, if Slayton is still banged up, if Galladay is still banged up, I see no reason why Pettis can't, you know, put for something forth together. And for only three thousand, it's more of a can you please just catch three three balls and and just return value? Like, you know, can I get my three thousand back? That's all I need. I don't need you to score too many. But again, we only need twelve points out of him. If he has a if he ha- if he somehow reaches the end zone, this is like freaking doing a little dance. So Mahomes, Henry, yeah. McKissick, Hardman, Devontae, Bateman, Goddard, Pettis, Cardinals defense. That is how you fill up the three most chalkiest players on the board that I think are going to uh, 
wreck this week and wreck to the point where I wanted to put all three of them in my lineup because yes, a lot of people may play Mahomes. Yes, a lot of people may play Henry. And yes, a lot of people may play Adams, but no one is psycho enough to play all three. And I am doing that. <laughs> yeah. Listen, that's how you get it done. And I think you did a really good job filling in the rest. I've been scanning the bargain basement, let's say, you know, kind of the 4K and below. It's a tough scene. It really is. So I think you got to be selective. I don't think there are a ton of them. I think you need one of my favorite in Bateman. And if I wasn't going Bateman, I'd probably be looking at Ricky Seals-Jones. You know, uh, people see the tight end and automatically assign limitations there. But he's on the field every, every single play. And again, you could easily get that four times return at his 3,700. You know, with just kind of an okay, right? Just got to be okay. And that type of thinking, Matt, I think is really effective, right? That it's, you know, we wouldn't think, all right, I got to win the GPP. I need 40 from everybody. It's just not the case when you apply the prices. So Ricky Seals Jones could easily get it, right? Last week, four for 60 and one. They're 16. He cleared the bar pretty easily. The week before, even 549, he got you really close to it. So a player like him, I think, fits. And the Bateman call I love, I wanted to just expand. I agreed with the second thing you said. Uh, not only do I not think the role diminishes, I think he's the guy. I think he's going to be the guy going forward, right? They haven't really had time to work on that continuity, and they were letting him roll. So I think Bateman is the cheapest you're going to get him. He should be well above 4000 next week, right? I wouldn't be surprised if he makes a $1,000 leap week over week, which is probably about as high as she goes, and then expect that to kind of go. Wouldn't be surprised if he wraps up at about 5K. That'll do it, Matt. I'm expecting to cash again. I, I really am. I'm expecting to cash again. We put in all this work, including like ownership and strategy and range of outcomes, including the betting board, which I think is really important. So I am really excited again. Another 48 hours. We'll be running with some more green screens for the Daily Blitz crew. Anything else before we get out of here? I just want to tell people if you know, you want any more, I'll be doing the live lock show on Sunday at 11 a.m. Just check out my Twitter handle. We're going to do it all over again just with any added kind of news and notes. Matt, thank you again. I love doing this show. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much all from me. The uh, Yeah, hopefully uh, you got something out of this. If you didn't want to go Goddard in my crazy-ass lineup, you can go Ricky Seals-Jones. It'll give you a little more, yeah. more money to spend. But again, yep. the difference between a 3,000 Dante Pettis and a 4,000 that you're likely to spend at another flex position – uh, unless you're going double tight end, uh, you're really um, you're really spinning the same narrative. So again, I I chose to pay up for Goddard because I love that matchup and and Pettis I think has the as good a chance of blowing up as anyone else. So I figured I'd just go that direction. But yeah, thanks for listening to the Daily Blitz podcast for week seven. Good luck, everybody. If you have any questions, reach out to us on Twitter. You can find me at uh, mattwi77ims. You can find John at MLB Moving Averages MLB moving no AVG. We'll be back next week for week eight. See everybody. This is the bliss, licking they lips, Twitter with this, minimal risk, finity shits, ripping off rip, quick in the hits, first on the list, this, mad well, going crazy on the daily, dropping facts like a shower in the world of rain and entertainment, yeah, another day, another pod, all these thoughts are up for size, so I had to ask him what he got, said he got a lot, said he got a lot of what, got a lot of shifts, and it's time for the daily blitz, blitz.